It's Sunday, April 28th, and you are listening to In the Wheelhouse. ITW is a spontaneous discussion between two old friends on the Chicago Cubs, related topics. I'm Tom Hockley. And I'm Leo Fontana. Today on ITW, Albert Pujols is moving his way through the all-time RBI list. Vlad Guerrero finally makes his MLB debut, and it's worth the wait. Cody Bellinger is off to a torrid start. Javi Baez has a deke for the ages, all that, and this week in the Chicago Cubs. Tom, it is April 27th, and there is six inches of snow on the ground here in Chicago. I'm seriously going to lose it. <laughs> well, um, I, I'm, in my advancing age, I've learned to just take, take the weather. It is what it is. I it mean, is what it is, yeah. yeah. You know, just wear, thing, wear, yeah. wear warmer clothes. That's my advice. Tom, I'll tell you, that's how I felt two weeks ago when we got six inches again. But two weeks later, I'm On serious. April 1st. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to freaking lose it. But anyway, yeah. so. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I could see where for you it could be a bigger issue here. It was kind of mildly amusing. And, but, uh, uh, yeah. Um, I, I had to walk the dude uh, on his normal walk in a, a snowstorm, and that was, kind of, uh, that was kind of a challenge. How did you feel about that? Did you like it? He saw other dogs, so he was not even preoccupied with the weather whatsoever. Well, anyway, I, I, in, in, in other news, my son, he's on uh, the track team for his middle school. I've been to two middle school track meets, and now, i got to say, it's a lot of fun. Will, Will, William is the one that's really, he's really fast, right? He's really fast. He is really Way fast. faster than either one of us was at this age, right? Exactly, exactly. Much faster. No, he, he is. And uh, everybody knows it, too. It's hilarious because I was watching him run this little sprint. And uh, I've got the camera going on the phone. And I hear these kids. They're like, is that Will, is that Will Fontana? Like, he's, <laughs> he's, re he's really fast. I could hear them talking about it, like in a casual conversation. It was right. really cool. But right. he, he, he did a relay, and his team finished first, where he was handed a big lead, and then he handed off a big lead. And then he finished second in a 100-meter sprint. So we're all real proud of him. We're just glad he's, he's having a good time. That's Where is the I speed coming from? Where is the speed coming from? I have no idea. I have no idea. But he loves it. He really does. You know, he's he, he beginning to realize he's in that upper 5%. I mean, there are kids who are faster than he is. But, you know, every day he's going to be competing, you know. So. Right, right, right. Well, that, that's good to hear. Hopefully he stays, you know – continues on with that because uh, it certainly will keep him in, uh, physically fit throughout his life. So that's kind of a good thing that he's doing it. So uh, what I wanted to bring up, though, you went to a Cubs game, didn't you? You had the Bishop seat again? I, yeah, I, w I went on uh, Tuesday. My uh, brother-in-law um, and uh, sister-in-law uh, um, invited us for my birthday, as it turns out. And uh, and and so I wanted to take my good camera to take some pictures. That was really absolutely the whole, the whole reason why I was I, I went there. And I was able to. The problem is they have that netting. You, you yeah. can't at the, at that level you can't see through the netting without standing in front of somebody in the game trying to go to the outside of it. And I'm not going to do that. I could in the that, seats. Yeah, you're I'm, in the I'm seats. I'm not going to do that. In but, those uh, close seats, that's the it, problem. It, Interestingly enough, is that most of the vendors that that service uh, Wrigley are are men, and and they're they're kind of um, unattractive men. Is, yeah. is the only yeah. way that you could say it. Yeah. So they pick some characters. <laughs> so um, I noticed that in our section, uh, this is uh, there was a a rather fetching woman that was mm. uh, a hot dog vendor. 
and I mean, but so that when she walked up and down the aisles, I, I noticed that none of the men were watching the ball game. None. Wow. Not, not wow. single one. Like in concert, everyone's head moved over there. And it's just unusual because usually the vendors are, yeah. they look like catcher's mitts. <laughs> well, maybe this, maybe this woman lost a bet. I don't know. You know what no, I mean? No, but and she, was, she was a sturdy girl, but very fetching. And it's just wow. unusual. It was very unusual. That is unusual. Uh, what a novel concept. A hot, yeah. a hot hot dog girl. All Correct. right, so so let's move around the league. Um, I'll, we'll begin with Albert Pujols. He he, the uh, the California Angels designated hitter. He's passed Lou Gehrig uh, right. for uh, the all-time RBI list. And who does he still have yet to pass? Babe Ruth, and he'll probably do it this year. Yeah, there's no, 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 no. I don't know that he'll, there's a bunch of people that are like just one or two uh, in front of him. Um, and, uh, so he's got, he's got a few, but I just thought it was remarkable. Um, whenever you see Lou Gehrig gets passed, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's bit, Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's what kind of caught my attention was the fact that we're still talking about Lou Gehrig in another century. Yeah, so. it is. It's amazing. I will say this about Pujols. He is a first ballot hall of famer, oh, yeah. but it, oh, yeah. it is almost in almost entirely due to what he did when he was in St. Louis, you know? He had a few big home run years with California, but he, he is yet to have an OPS over 800 playing with the Angels. So, you know. Well, uh, I, I can see where that's how a Cardinal fan justifies what, what's happened. But you don't ever want to lose Albert Pujols, no matter where he is in his career, to be honest with you. I don't think he wanted to continue to play in St. Louis, no matter what. They wouldn't have been able to sign him. I mean, they talk about respect and money, and he didn't want to beg. What I think is he just wanted to see what it was like to play in another city. You know what I mean? Right. And it was fresh off, if I'm not mistaken, fresh off a world championship. Yes. Yes, so, it was. So, so he, he made kind of a clean, yeah. right. It was a kind of a clean break. But I understand as a, as a Cardinal fan, you could be a little bit bitter about it. And you're right. That, you know, maybe he hasn't played the last 10 years like he did his first 10 years. But how the hell could you? How the, I mean, yeah, the, exactly. His, yeah. his production was prodigious. I'm serious. If you go back and look at his first, say, eight years in the major leagues, they're as good as anybody's. A lot of black, I'm, I'm yeah, including yeah. Babe Ruth. A lot of black ink in italics on the baseball reference page, meaning he's not only leading the league, he's right. leading all of major league baseball. Co- correct, correct, correct. So, uh, all right. So, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. made his debut for the Toronto Blue Jays. I, I, a guy I went to college was, was, was actually at the game. And what I loved is, I don't know if you saw any of the highlights, but I love the shot. You know, uh, Guerrero Jr. nearly goes yard, you know, in his first at bat. And uh, the look on his father's face, you know, as he just was caught at the wall. It was really yeah. cool. That was great. I loved well, it. Well, and, and this is somewhat of a controversial move because uh, the Blue Jays um, elected to keep him down in the minors um, so that they, they got another year of, of uh, you know, being under their control. So, um, you know, I think that uh, the, the interesting thing for me was at the end of that game, he, they wanted a walk-off fashion, and I believe he, if, he, if he didn't score the run, he scored he, the tie run. He, he, he got on base and uh, came out for a pinch runner, and they scored the winning run. So uh, he, he got the rally going because he's not exactly – nobody's going to, you know, uh, mistake him for, uh, for Jesse a, Owens. But, a speed uh, merchant. No, yeah, I, I noticed that. 
But I think that he's going to give Toronto a much-needed uh, offensive shot in the yard. Yeah, he At is. least from and, a power side. I'll bet you he struggles with his batting average. Well, it's just great. I mean, the Guerrero family returns to Canada. It's just it's right. such a great – everybody's so into it. I love it. You know, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. players are stopping to watch the highlights. They're gathering right. in their clubhouses. It's really cool. Well, so, he, he really does have talent. So let's see if he's able to translate yeah. that at the major league level. So uh, Jose Obrey, White Sox first baseman, made kind of yeah. a mistake. And uh, he hits what would have been a home run, but uh, he passes Tim Anderson on the base paths as right. Tim Anderson went back to first to tag up. And Abreu passes him. Uh, the other team, I forget who it was, uh, challenged it, and uh, he was called out. And, you know, to, to Abreu's credit, he completely owned it. He was like, it was my mistake. I'm right. the one who made the mistake. I'm just glad we won the game. He was right. very upfront about it, which I think you have to admire. You know, he's the kind of guy who I think he will be a coach later on after he retires, and maybe he is in the future. He's in plans for uh, the future White Sox manager. So I, I don't know. I, I just thought I've seen this happen, I think, two other times that I've, that I've been alive and following baseball. One was in the late 60s. I think Don Wirt did it for the Tigers. And I thought that they got a triple, not a single. But it turns out it, it was it's a, a single. Yeah, it's a single. May, maybe it's because of where Wirt passed the guy that he did. But I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a single that was the end result of of, of that happening. So um, it's a bonehead move. It I'm is sorry. a bonehead move. It's a bonehead move. <laughs> it is, but, but you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're Anderson, you're doing what you're supposed to do, and if you're right, right. If you're if you're a brave, it's you're not doing on what Anderson. You've done. Yeah, it's not, it's on. not on Anderson. Yeah. Anderson didn't do anything wrong. He did everything right. <laughs> but you know, he's a human being, and at least he was upfront about it. He wasn't mad or bitter or anything like that. I do want to mention that in other White Sox news, uh, super prospect Eloy Jimenez sprained his ankle. I know. And Yoan Yo- Moncada has a 970 OPS, and. Right. This is the. Le- I want to ask you this question. Do you think Tim Anderson, right now, today, at this minute, is the best African American player in baseball? Well, there isn't many African American players yeah, left. Yeah. There aren't that uh, many. Well, he's so better I than have... Jason Hayward. He's better than Curtis Goodwin. He's better than or Curtis Granderson. He's, he's better, better than... than McCutcheon. He's better than Adam Jones. I mean, McCutcheon is more accomplished, but uh, yeah, he's better than all. The- yeah, I mean. Uh... I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think like that, thank God. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but but he's 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 having an awful, awfully good start. However, yeah. this is the way the Sox should have been playing, in my opinion. They just don't have the pitching to sustain no, it. They don't. But but they've got some good hitters on that team. They do. They're 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 better than last season, and I and I like it. I'm I'm happy to see it. Yeah. So you know. Uh, but anyway, all right. So the next thing you want to let's see, talk about uh, Madison Baumgart. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Phillies and the Astros are among the teams that might acquire Madison Bumgarner. Uh, what do you have to say about that? That's a scary proposition. I'm, I'm very nervous about that because, to me, if that that's that's a, a picture that if he was out there, I think if I'm Theo, I go try to get him. The Cubs I, won't I, get him. They won't get him. But no I'm way. just saying, he's that kind of. I bet you he's got five good years left. I'll bet money. He's that guy's a workhorse. He's, I, he's one of those thoroughbred type pitchers that uh, – think about if we had Baumgartner in our rotation in the World Series. Hello. Think well, about it. But, but think about this too, Tom. Baumgartner hasn't been much since he you know, injured himself riding the motorbike, motorcycle. You know what I mean? He, he's had some – no, that's not true. He, he's, it's been uneven, but he's had some good 
back to his regular self starts too. So he's shown, I, I guess I, I just I just I've always been a big fan because he's a good hitter. He's a big dude. He's never really been injured that much except yeah. for a couple of years ago. Uh, but but uh, I'm a big fan. That and and I just think if a team that that we're going to be going up against him has him. It was it's almost a preemptive move. You go get well, him because you don't want to face that guy too. There's a dual dual purpose. You, yeah, no, and somebody's going to get him, and I'll tell you, it won't. Well, be I the know Cubs. that it won't, but it won't be the Cubs, is what I'm I saying. I know, yeah. I know. And uh, it's wishful thinking, Leo. Wishful thinking. It is wishful thinking, <laughs> but uh, but I, you know, I while I think he may have one more streak of good pitching in him, I I don't know if it's going to happen right away. You know, and uh, I I think this may be a, a more of a it's a risk i think to the team that acquires it so, so so let me just ask you a hypothetical who would you rather have on your team would you rather have Baumgartner or keiko oh oh Baumgartner. <laughs> yeah okay 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 okay, okay. okay. All right. All right. All right. That, so we're, i just want to level set Sorry. no no that that's actually a good way a good way to put it in perspective all right so uh changing the dl you know changing disabled list to il sort of makes it look like everybody who's injured is going to Illinois. You know? <laughs> well, speaking of which, the Yankees have about 15 players coming to Illinois. Because oh, yeah. yeah. It, uh, unbelievably, they have 15, and they're big players. I won't go through their name, but just go read their opening day roster, yeah. and you'll figure it out. Severino. It's basically, it's especially 80% of the team. Yeah. Right, correct. Yeah, Stanton. I mean, just, anybody who's any good. But the funny thing is, they're bringing up guys from AAA, and they're doing great. You know, they are, they are, but there, there's another thought. Last year, the Mets conditioning coach was fired because virtually every Met was on the DL. Yeah. Or the, yeah, excuse right. me, the IL. Yeah, the IL, exactly. <laughs> but we need to make this a thing. Like when somebody goes on the IL, we say, well, you know, man, you know, John Lester just tweaked his hamstring. He's going to Illinois for two weeks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, it, well, if, to me, that was a dumb. I, I don't. We talked about this before. Really, you're gonna you're yeah. even gonna think about stuff like this? Isn't there bigger issues for you to be dealing with? Uh, well, speaking of acquiring left-handed pitchers, the Brewers got Gio Gonzalez, and you suggested that this may be a bit of a desperation move. Yeah, it, it, because everything I read on Gonzalez is that he can't get major league hitters out. Meaning that he he's he hold. You'll see. You're gonna let's put it this way. If you think he's going to be anything better than Chatwood is to us, then you're, then you, yeah, you're having yeah, pipe no. dreams. Because if you can't get out major league hitters and then you spend a, a time in the minor leagues and you're struggling to get out minor league hitters, and that's what he was doing, I, and that's the reason why the Yankees – why do you think the Yankees let him go? It wasn't because he was a great pitcher. They were still had stuff gas – I should say he was a great pitcher – but but they they knew he didn't have much gas left in the tank. He's lost his fastball, and and that's really everything. I think the thing with Gonzalez, he'll help the Brewers in that he is a veteran pitcher and knows what to do when he's on the mound. And with the Brewers' offense, I would imagine they'll probably be about 500 in the games that he pitches. You know, they won't be more than a game over or under 500 in the games he pitches for them. You know, so anyways, it doesn't help much. But you're right; it is a little bit desperate. So, uh, okay, uh, Merriam-Webster Dictionary yeah. has made Tommy John surgery, uh, <laughs> a you know, a word. has added it to the English lexicon. <laughs> is that, uh, you know, does this, does this have any cultural significance? Well, it, it does to, to the Tommy John family. 
like, and they interviewed Tommy John this week, and he, he basically shook his head about the whole thing. He can't believe that it's at, that, you know, it's like, uh, it's like Lou Gehrig's disease, Tommy John surgery. It's, it's, it's the same, uh, it's part of the lexicon. Do you know that his daughter, his, his son-in-law, okay, his daughter married uh, that, that uh, long snapper for the Chicago Bears, the guy who was with the Bears for like 15, 16 years. Oh, and he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. He's very, very good, that guy. Yeah. So I, uh, I thought that was hilarious. I got, I'll, we'll remember for that. Oh, yeah. Anyways, oh, well, um, t- you know, and the reason why, uh, just one last thing about this is that prior to the, Tom, the successful Tommy John uh, surgery, all of those pitchers that had that issue, including leading up to, to today, uh, basically their careers were over. Yeah, yeah. Their careers were over prior to that to that ability. So that's the reason, you know, Tommy John surgery has changed and given pitchers second lives that really has that yeah. that wouldn't have happened years ago. All right. So uh, did you see what uh, Reese Hoskins did yeah, to yeah. the Mets reliever Jacob Rame? Yeah, he, Jacob Rame. Well, Rame had hit him in an earlier at bat, and I think that mm-hmm. it was intentional. And I think. Well, there's no doubt about there's it. No I doubt. Thought, yeah, yeah. I saw the whole exchange, including the the baseball trot. The the you know basically he 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 stopped and made a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> the longest home home run trot I've seen since the eighties. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Back when, back when home run trots, Tom, used back to really when, mean something. Back when you know what I mean? Rusty, Rusty Staub actually struggled to get around the bases. Well, you know. <laughs> it was a different reason. Th- this made me think, though, because, like, in, in college in the 80s, the Cardinals were – I was in college in St. Louis, the Cardinals were playing the Giants. And, and Jeff Leonard, who had a lot of home runs yeah. that series, oh, yeah. he would do that one flap down. You know, and he'd run around the bases really, really slow. And the Cardinals hated it. And then Jack right. Clark hit a home run, and he'd do the same thing. That's when, you know, players really used to use the home run trot to antagonize, to intentionally antagonize the opposition. It was great. There was a, there was a, uh, you know, a level of toughness in that, in the game back then that doesn't exist today. I don't think it doesn't because you see guys when they're going into second, you know, with a, with a ground ball, when a double plays in order and they just get out of the way completely. You know, now, the now they're all multi-millionaires. They just kind of nod at each other. They do. Where, they where, nod where, at each other. Where, 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 say, yeah. Like, I know, I know. I have a gold toilet, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. But, uh, but I used to love that. You know what I mean? And maybe if we bring that back, that's going to be good. And I also think that when the Mets and the Phillies hate each other, that's good for baseball. That'll be really exciting. You know, that whole division right now is very interesting in the sense that we both thought Washington would have performed a little bit better, even though I didn't, I didn't like Washington as nearly as much as you did. And I still think they're going to be good because they got two really good pitchers. Yeah, they have the best uh, pitchers in baseball, best starting pitchers. You know, that, yeah, they're right, always right. If series. you think about it, those yeah. two are as better than anybody's front two. No, yeah. I don't care who they are. I love my Cubs, but you can't match uh, yeah. Corbin and Scherzer. No, no, Strasburg and Scherzer, yeah. But, oh, no, uh, no, Corbin, Corbin. Corbin, really? Corbin, yeah. Wow. Corbin's right. pitching better than, but anyways, so. All right, so uh, only, but, but, but when you look at the National League, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, you wanted parity. I give you the National League. You know, everybody <laughs> is, in the, is in the race. Well, everybody I, I think there's a couple of teams that stand out. Um, you know, St. Louis is playing awfully well right now. And so, uh, so was until we came to town, Arizona. Yeah, right. They'd won f- five in a row. Yeah. You know, yeah, and they, yeah. they'd come off a sweep of the Pirates. They were playing really well. But that thing is, I, I think 
you know, in the National League, anybody can beat anybody. The only team that's really terrible is uh, are the Marlins, and that's it. Right. I mean, even right. the Giants at eleven and sixteen are only six out. I mean, it, it's you know the the Central, the Reds are in last. They're five out. Miami's seven out, and then Washington, who's in fourth, is three out. So right, it, right, it, right. It's anybody could. It's anybody's game in the National League. You better come ready to play. You know. There's no doubt. Once again, the powerhouses, uh, the two best teams in the majors, are in the American League. So, uh, yeah, well, yeah. anyway, all right. So now Cody Bellinger is leading in all three Triple Crown stats, uh, <laughs> home runs, RBIs, and uh, batting average. Can he win the Triple Crown? First National Leaguer since Rogers Hornsby. He, he could. I, I suppose he could, but I say he doesn't. Well, I, I, I hope he does. You know, you know what I learned after this Dodgers series is I really hate the Dodgers. I mean, I, I hate, <laughs> Do you hate the Dodgers. And Do you Verdugo. hate the Dodgers as, yeah. as much as you hate the Red Sox? No, I hate the Dodgers. Today, <laughs> I hate the Dodgers more than the Red Sox. Today, I hate them more. Wow. The Sox, wow. Yeah, today, because this, this also goes back to the 80s when the Reds were in the same division as the Dodgers and the Cardinals played them in the playoffs. I, I just, I don't like that team. I never have. So there, there's a lot of, a uh, lot, a lot of sort of psychological stuff to unpack, but Ballinger and what's his name? Jansen and Verdugo and Hernandez. I mean, I hate these guys. I really do. <laughs> don't so, forget anyway. Kershaw. Kershaw. Don't forget yeah, exactly. Kershaw. Kershaw is going to be like Nixon, tanned, rested, and ready, baby. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. They're so good that they just piss you off. But, nobody but, should be that good. But you know? to, to your original question, will Bellinger win the Triple Crown? It's unlikely. He could yeah, do it, but I could. think it's unlikely. I think – the, the dog days of summer will finally catch up to uh, hitters like Bellinger. However, the thought was two years ago when he had his breakout season that, you know, he was, he was going to be one of the baseball's great players. And then he came back to earth. He was either two years He did ago come back to earth ago. last year. So you're right. So you're right. we'll see. All right. So let's move on to the Chicago Cubs. And, All right. Uh, um, you know, and we'll begin with uh, some of the games. Sunday, we go back to Sunday. The Cubs uh, lose. Oh, no, no. Cubs beat the Diamondbacks two to one. Tyler yeah. Chadwick comes in and pitches for John Lester, who's in Illinois. And uh, right. he, he, he walks the first hitter on four straight pitches. I know. Looking I know. like he can't even find the strike zone. And everybody's like, oh, no, here we go again. Exactly. Then he gets I, I the was saying, play. I was like, oh, no, oh, yeah, we're yeah. in big trouble. Then he gets the double play and pitches six shutout innings. He and you're like, very okay. well. Yeah, very was, well. I, I loved it. I loved it. I hope he pitches for us again. It's great that we have him available to do it. It, it just makes the Cubs stronger, you know. Exactly. That was that was a uh, that was a, a, a taut little ball game last Sunday, and and Chatwood pitched his ass off. Baez also took an extra base, you know, which which leads to the David Bodie, you know, ground ball single for uh, to win the game. Really, really crisp game. Very, very happy with everything that happened. All right, yeah. moving on to uh, Tuesday after an off day on Monday, the Cubs beat the Dodgers seven to two. They jump on Kenta Maeda with six runs in the first two innings. And Quintana lays low a powerful Dodgers lineup. Uh, Baez also dazzles on the base paths and at the plate. I was at the game, Leo, and I will tell you that it was uh, everything went right. It was a beautiful night, first yeah. of all. And uh, Quintana pitched extremely well. And the Cubs just, just – just kind of manhandled them. There was a couple of points where the Dodgers late in the game had, I think, had the bases loaded. They had chances. The, yeah. the tying run in the on-deck circle or something like that. But 
the Cubs held off, and uh, it was a, a great outing again by Quintana. But the play of the game and maybe one of the plays of the season was uh, Baez hit a ball. Um, a little slow roller to the first baseman. Correct. David Freeze. And then running down the first base line, he did a deke that I've seen other players try to do, but he's the Billy first Hamilton. one that I've ever seen. Yeah, Billy Hamilton actually did it successfully too. Um, but uh, – it's very difficult, and most players can't pull it off. Yeah. Baez is a special guy, and that Deke was in a, in a, a he's got a career of moves like that. Yeah, like his he really windmill, does. His windmill slide, I'll bet you people, players will be doing that for 50 years from now. That, Baez is the first guy to do it. Don't ever forget about that. He's I know, a special player, man. He really is. I mean, his skill set is so above and beyond what any other major league players are. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this. Too. You know what? I, I'll, I'll save that when we talk about Russell. But, but he is a special player, and this is his team, you know. The, the, the only negative thing that I'll say about Baez, and I, it, it happened to him last night, um, is that once in a while he's got he, – he has like a brain fart when he's uh, running the bases. He got thrown out. He got thrown yeah. out kind of taking a big lead. But you know what? That happens one in ten times to him. You know, it, but it's a byproduct of being overzealous, right. which you don't want to harness that. You can't harness that. Otherwise, he's never going to be the terror that he is on the base path. Right. You can't. You have to accept that every now and then he'll run into right. a bad out. But but right. but he'll take 10. He'll take nine or 10 extra bases and he'll look fi- freaking like a genius. I love it. My, you know? my point is, as he ages, you're going to see less and less of the brain parts. Yes, exactly. And you're also going to see more and more of a veteran hitter because we're already yeah. beginning to see yeah, that well, he's getting very smart at the plate. But, very uh, smart. All right, so let's move on to Wednesday. Cubs 7, Dodgers 6. Hamels allows three runs in five-plus innings, which is about the worst starting pitching performance we've seen you know, from a Cubs pitcher in the last two weeks. But, uh, but there were two two-out, three-run home runs in the sixth inning by Baez and Hayward. And uh, Chris Bryant. Inexplicably. Exactly. And then Bryant is starting to show at this point signs that he's coming out of his slump. You know? Yeah. He is. I don't, I don't worry about him at all. He's got such a sweet stroke. And once, you know, he's just, he's going to get his hits. That's just the way it, why it was. It was just funny to me because at the very beginning of the game, they, they had Hamels on the mound. I'm just, I, I'm like, there's something about Hamels that makes you smile in yeah. the sense that he's an older pitcher. I almost feel like he's a gravy component to the Cubs. Like we, and out of nowhere, we got Cole Hamels on our team. Wow. I know. I, I know. know he's an aging pitcher, but he's a very smart veteran pitcher. Well, on this day, he didn't have his best stuff. There's no other way of saying it. I, wa- I wanted to yeah. come hopefully report to all of our, our listener today that, uh, that, you know, that this was going to be a, like a, a, a lights out outing by Hamels. And it, it, uh, it wasn't. Well, no, it wasn't, but they did get the win. And the hilarious thing was Pedro Strobe comes on to get the save. And this is about four <laughs> hours after his car had been stolen. I know. know. And he's dealing with the cops. And he's like, but, hey, guys, I got to go to the bullpen and get ready. You know, <laughs> I just imagine it being like in black and white, one of those old films from the 20s where the cops are chasing him around in the outfield trying to <laughs> get him to talk. They found his car, too. They found know, his car in the South Shore neighborhood where I used to teach. That's where they found it. So anyway, I just uh, I just only in Chicago. Only man. In Chicago. I, I yeah. love this town. <laughs> All right, Thursday, Cubs lose to the Dodgers 1-2, to two, but uh, they do take 2-3 of three from the best team, arguably, in the National League. And, uh, 
you know, they, there were still things about this game, even though they lose, that were encouraging because, you know, what's his name? Lester comes back from Illinois and pitches five. What does he pitch? Six innings and allows a single run or five innings in a single run. So you're, you're like, he's going to be fine. So, oh, yeah. That, yeah. Lester wasn't the issue in that game. And the fact in three games, in two of the games, the Cubs held the Dodgers to two runs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so they, the, the Cubs can hold their own. My As being at one of the games and then watching most of the games, I kept thinking eventually Bellinger is going to get his hits. You yeah. Know? yeah. It, it kind of didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. They kind of neutralized him. And the other thing that was exciting was Albert Almora Jr. did hit a home run off of Kenley Jansen. So, I, you know, Things like that, maybe you just file that aside, and maybe if we see that matchup again, you know, in the playoffs, you know, maybe you're a little encouraged by what might happen. You know, I, I suppose I don't want to see the Dodgers in the playoffs. No, neither do I. Neither do I. <laughs> All right. So then they go to Arizona on Friday, and they lose to the Diamondbacks eight to three. And, and Kyle Hendricks struggles yep. on the road with his command, you know, and he doesn't look very good. It's kind of sad. You know, but anyway. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I talked about Hendricks a couple of weeks ago. He's the one guy that I'm worried about in the rotation. I've been saying it for a while. And here's the good news is uh, uh, Hendricks will come back and pitch a great start. Yeah, you will. There's still but you're, you're going to get say, more. Yeah, yeah. Of, you're going to yeah. get more of what we just saw than we've ever seen with him before. Um, until he fixes whatever his issue is, to me, what his issue is is that his pitches are up high. They're up yeah, into the yeah, it, yeah. up into the home run wheelhouse for the uh, true outcome hitters of today. And that may have something to do too <clears throat> with the conditions in Arizona. Maybe it's just not a good place for him to pitch. And you're right, his stuff was up, you know. And he and when when he's off, hit, hitters tee off on him. They really do. Yeah, you know, because yeah. he doesn't throw hard. And, uh, and if he's over the plate and hanging curveballs, hitters will really light him up. He has to be, you know, things have to be absolutely perfect for him to succeed. So, you know. Well, I think, I think he, has to, he has to continue to pitch well to stay in the rotation. Otherwise, he's got to move to the back of the rotation. But. All right. Uh, so, Saturday, this was yesterday, the Cubs uh, come back and beat the Diamondbacks 8-1. to You Darvish struggles with his command early, but he settles down, pitches six strong innings, allows a single run. David Bodie hits two long home runs. And, and here's what I want. Can you believe they actually intentionally want Javi Baez? Can yeah, you right, that? right, right. That was yeah, I, crazy. That is crazy because if you think about it, you never give that guy a free pass on the base. I know. Because first base, he ends up on third base. That, that's, yeah. that, I, For that I, I reason know. alone, yeah, that right, was the right, 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 right. But you know what it also speaks to is that how much better Baez is as a hitter that he's not swinging at balls anymore. He is waiting for strikes, and he is killing them. You know, he's doing damage in the strike zone. It, it's also saying that if you pitch to a guy like Bodie or Del Calso or whatever, the, yeah. the, the, new, the new guys, they're not free passes. You're not getting no. free passes with these hitters, and they're that's a really good lineup. thing. Hayward looks better. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. looks yeah. better. And, and the other thing, too, is, you know, Bryant is coming out of it. He's really looking like Slowly he, but surely, yeah. yes, yes. And then Rizzo, too. Rizzo hit a home run last night. He had a double the other night. You know, there, 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 there's so many good things happening with this team. Agreed, you know? agreed. All right, so something that may, uh, you know, be a little fly in the ointment is the return of Addison Russell, which could be really any time this week. Now, um, the big question is what will the Cubs do with him? You know, what are they going to do with this guy? Do you, I, do you play him at shortstop again? I suspect that's what they're going to do. I mean, how can I, you play him at shortstop again, though? How? 
How can you replace Baez with Russell? You can't. You know, how do you justify that? Uh, you, you know, that, that's a very good point. I mean, I, I would have to say that Baez is the type of player that he probably could play third base, too, if you yeah, want to break yeah, it yeah, down. Yeah. Um, so what are you going to do, put Russell at second? It just seems like uh, counterintuitive. I don't it does know. seem counterintuitive. But, but Russell, they said that they were going to put – they were going to let Russell play some second base in the minors – and I don't think that Russell will be up here anytime soon, is my feeling. You know, as long as the club is playing well and scoring runs, you know, Epstein had a press conference and he was asked about Russell. And he said that Baez, you know, we don't want to do anything to disrupt the success that Javi Baez is having right now. You know, he is a leader on that team. He, he, is, a, he is a young player who plays with the instincts of a veteran. He, you don't get him out of there. There's no way. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. If, if they had a, 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 an agreement or understanding at the outset that when he came back, he was going to assume his position, that's a different situation. Um, because you got to figure that maybe having him at short, Russell at short, and Baez back at second is, is the best for all from a defensive standpoint. I don't know. You know what I think? I think it's, it's interesting. I think that um... – Russell's probably a little more athletic that he can, he's a little quicker, you know, with his feet, he can get to balls that maybe Baez can't, but Baez has a tremendous throwing on, you know, as he's, as he's demonstrated in the last six or seven games, he's just great at throwing runners out. And, uh, and he's a little more, his hands are better and his arm is also more accurate than Russell. Russell will get rid of the ball quicker, but Baez's arm is much stronger. I, I, I don't know. I think that there may be days when you want to play Russell at short, but my feeling is, is that Russell will stay in the minors. He'll, he'll be there to kind of showcase what he can do as a possible trade ship to other teams. And then if there's an injury at the major league level, maybe then you bring him up, you know what I mean? Right. But I don't think you're going to see him up here anytime soon. But, but how do you think he's going to be received? That's so I, That's another question. I mean, that's, that is really another issue. How do you, I mean, you know, and, and think about how the narrative has changed. Two years ago, we were asking ourselves, which one would you rather have? If you had to give up one as a trade chip, who would you rather keep? And now we've answered that question, you know, a thousand percent, you know. I, I told you I would have released him, but, but that's just me. Well, I, I, I know, yeah. I know. But, you know, the one thing, I don't give the NFL a lot of credit about anything, but one of the things that I do give them credit for is how they're handling uh, uh, players' misbehavior off the field. Well, know. there was just some terrible stuff coming out of Kansas City. And, uh, you know, it's just they, they, they look terrible as a team. And, uh, you know, I don't but know. I just, I just think that it's, it's just the, the Cubs have shown, going back to the Chapman acquisition, that they are not so much interested in, in, the, in the morality of, of, the, of the situation or, or how, how the player conducts themselves off the field. I don't think they much care. Well, let, let me, let, we were talking about, though, about the Cubs team defense, and I wanted to sort of propose something that, uh, that let's say that Russell does come back, and let's say he plays second. Right. I, I want to propose this lineup. Contreras, <clears throat> Rizzo, Russell at second, Baez at short, Bodie at third, Bryant in left, Almora Jr. in center, Hayward in right. Is that not the best defensive lineup in all of baseball? 
Uh, yes. Well, Bo- yes, Bodie is a very good defender, no doubt about it. But I would have Bryant at third and Schwarber at left. Cause Schwarber's, really? Schwarber's becoming a pretty good fucking outfielder. I, he is I, becoming a good outfielder, but is he a better outfielder than Bryant? No. He's no, no. He's I'm not just a better for- outfielder than anybody that currently plays, you know, if you think about it in the outfield. <laughs> well, well, let's say if Bryant is an eight and a half, Schwarber's probably a seven or a six. Or a, a six. Half. Or a yeah. six. Or a six. But, but just from, yes. from a purely defensive point of view, the, the, the lineup I just cited uh, would be, I think, uh, would have no parallel. But the funny thing is, is that you'll never see it because that's six out of eight right-handed hitters. So, you know, you'd never see a lineup like that. So. What about the 73 Cincinnati Reds? Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying for this <laughs> no, Cubs just team. Kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. But for this Cubs team in this era, you'd never see it, you know. Right. True. So, true. All right. Uh, so you want to do this week in baseball history? Is there anything sure, man. Add? Jump right in. All right. April 23rd, 1995. Fernando Tatis becomes the only player in baseball history to hit two grand slams in one inning. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Off of Chan Ho Park in an 11-run third, third inning. And a 12 to 5 victory at uh, Dodger Stadium. That was pretty wild. I do remember when that happened too. You know. I remember when I, I'm pretty sure in the 60s, the 68 Tigers, that Jim Northrup hit grand slams in, in back to back innings, but not in the same inning. But not in the same inning. Yeah. He's the only, Tatis is the only one who's done that. And I remember that very, very distinctly as I was following the Cardinals very closely at that time. All right, April 24th, 1923. This is something I didn't know. President Warren G. Harding was an avid baseball fan who liked to keep a scorecard at games. Now, anybody who keeps a scorecard at games, okay, right. is somebody that I admire a great deal. But, uh, but he was there, and he witnesses the first shutout ever at Yankee Stadium, and he sees a, a home run by Babe Ruth off of Alan Russell. So uh, that was kind of cool. I thought that was really cool. That goes well, all the way back, you know. So Harding Harding is arguably one of the worst presidents the country's ever had. So, uh, you know, I'm not surprised that he spent the game mindlessly keeping score because that's how he ran our government. Because he when was he pretty went, mindless he, in that regard. Well, yeah, you know, when, when he wasn't playing poker in the in the uh, near the Oval Office with his cronies, yeah, right. He was he would really. It wasn't until many years later that we had presidents that rivaled how bad Harding was uh, as a a chief executive of the United States. Well, still, you know, and when he's sitting around and wherever he is and he's hanging out with the old presidents in the afterlife. Yeah, you know what I mean? At least he can say, hey, motherfucker, I at least saw Babe Ruth at a home run. Him and and Nixon are playing canasta. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, 1987, April 24th, Cleveland Municipal Stadium. Ricky Henderson becomes the first player in baseball history to hit a home run off of two different 300-game winners in the same game. The left fielder hits a solo home run off of Phil Necro and then off of Steve Carlton. Their combined age was like 83. <laughs> so, so what? That that's that's one of those weird uh, I know occurrences you just, that you know. What do you, you? Neither one of those pitchers probably should have been pitching. That, yeah, that, isn't that, but that's hilarious, isn't it? I mean, that Ricky Henderson got home runs off of both of them. What a unique honor to have. That's crazy. I, I just remember Henderson stealing, you know, milestone bases and then him taking the bases and putting them in his back pocket. Yeah, right, right, right. No, 
He was a, he, he was a unbelievable. He was an electrifying player, actually. tremendous player, Hall of Fame player. Absolutely. Oh yeah, oh yeah, first ballot, the greatest leadoff hitter in the baseball's ever known. And what I love about Henderson is that he's a player who I hated. Oh, and me too. I, and then I loved him. You know yeah. what I mean? Early well, in his I, career, he was young and brash. I'm like, who does he think he is? And then when he said, "Oh, I am the greatest," when he stole when he broke Lou Brock's record, but yeah. the fact that he just refused to quit. And he kept right. playing, and he kept stealing bases, and he just refused to retire. You know, I, I remember going to a game at Wrigley Field when the Mets were playing the Cubs, and he draws a walk, and I'm saying, I'm at the game by myself, and I'm talking to people around me. I'm like, watch, he's going to steal a base. And they throw And finally, he gets a pitch to steal on. And I go, there he goes. And he steals the base, goes to third on a bad throw to second, and scores the winning run. And I'm like, that's what he's done his whole career. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, so. but, but he also has, I think, the record for the most leadoff uh, game home runs, too. They're, yes, he does. So he, he had does. that power element, but you're right. He was a beast on the base pass. Um, and, and he was arrogant. He was all those things. But the one thing that I always knew was that Ricky loved baseball. Ricky, loved, loved Ricky was did. willing to play in the minor leagues long after his so-called major league career was over. And then he kind of... You know, he kind of, if I'm not mistaken, he, he ha, didn't he have to work his way back to the majors? And he, he wanted to play until he was like 50 years old. I know. You, you could only wanted... do that if you love the game yeah. of baseball. Because I... he was playing like independent leagues right. after no right. one would give him a contract. Exactly, exactly. Because he just loved it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, he didn't need the money. You know, I, he, would, he would talk to himself when he would have at-bats. And he would say, all right, Ricky, he's going to give you the fastball here. This is, oh, right, he's not going right. to give you the slider. And then, like, he, this one catcher told this story that he strikes out looking, you know, and he walks away. It's like, you're still the man, Ricky. You're still the man, you know. Just, you know what would have been, been great is if the late, great Mark Fitterich, who talked to the baseball, actually yes. pitched to Ricky, who was talking to the bat. Yes, yeah. who was talking to the bat, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's tremendous, though. I remember one time a fan running out on the field during a game against the Yankees at Comiskey Park. He's drunk. He runs out on the field. The security guards are chasing him. He's got a big lead, the guy. He runs out into left field, sees Ricky Henderson, reaches out, and Ricky shakes his hand. And then the security guards just, you know, just right, right. just level him right then and there. Right. You know? that, that's was, not the reception you get on football, because whenever I think of football, I think of the time <laughs> that fan ran out of the field and the Baltimore Colts uh, linebacker, Mike Curtis, absolutely leveled him, knocked him out, completely yeah. knocked him out. And yeah, that's not something you want to do. Curtis's defense was, hey, I don't bother you at your job. Don't yeah. bother me at my job. <laughs> Mike Ditka did that, too. Mike Ditka did that. So, all right, uh, let's go on to April 25th, 1976. At Dodger Stadium during the fourth inning, Rick Monday right. I'm glad, becomes a national hero. I'm when he glad takes you're American, covering this because this was yes. brought up this past week. When he takes an American flag that is about to be set on fire by the two by two trespassers, hippies, a father, hippies, a father and a son, so they try to light the flag on fire. Monday runs over from right field and he and he snatches the flag out of their hand. Now, now Monday was a six-year uh, Marine Corps reservist. Right. No, I I and, knew that. I knew that. And and two weeks later. The, the Dodgers come to Wrigley Field, and Al Campanis, the Dodger executive, front office exec, presents the flag to, uh, to Monday, which I thought was amazing, at Wrigley Field. 
What a moment, huh? Yeah. Well, it just—it's an iconic moment, and I, I vaguely remember it as a kid because it made national news when it happened. It was mm. on all the, you know, the uh, yeah. like yeah. Walter Cronkite type of stuff. But uh, you know, it—it—it's just one of those moments. It's a, somebody absolutely reacted the the perfect way. I kind of would have done the same thing. I, I like to think I would have done the same too, thing, and too. yeah, you know, and uh, it's not right what those guys were doing. First of all, you should never go on a major league baseball field and second to to make a demo there's no there's no place for it no, correct baseball there correct. really isn't you know this is different from kneeling during the national anthem this or is disco demo, demolition yeah, or disco <laughs> demolition <laughs> <laughs> which is the one game i wish i could have attended in chicago oh, oh, that i would have loved leo leo i've said this before i'll say it again i wish i had a dime for every time somebody that i met who said they were at the game, there would have been 80,000 fans at the game. I, That's I, true. I, I, there I probably spent time were about at 40 where everybody at the bar allegedly was at that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, that's one I wish – I mean, I went to some really rowdy games at Old Comiskey, you know, when, when the place was filled with 50,000 people. Right. And it was a rough – I mean, that was a rough, rough place. Talk about a rough crowd. Guys pissing in the sinks in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Just, you know, that was the least of the issues. As a Tiger oh. fan, when I first moved to Chicago in the mid '80s, I made the mistake of wearing my Tiger gear to a, a White Sox game. That's a real no-no. Yeah, that's a no-no. Basically, I had yeah. a big target on my back the whole game, and I mean, yeah, I just thought the Philadelphia, uh, the Philadelphia fan responds kind of the same way. Like you could physically get harmed if you wear your colors to their stadium. Not every place is like that. Like the Dodgers are not like that at all. They'll hand you sushi. Say, hey, you know what? You know what it's like with the Dodgers, though. You know when it's bad when the Giants come. They hate. You remember when that Giants fan got killed? Yes, yes, yes. That's true. That's actually happened twice now at Dodger Stadium. So anyhow, the Dodger Stadium crowds when when the Giants are involved are very very. You're right about that. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. They are bad. I'm hoping to see a Cubs game in St. Louis, uh, and I'm going to be definitely wearing my Madden jersey, and uh, you know uh, I'll get a lot of shit for that. Well, you know, actually, stuff. what you'll get is forty-nine thousand people just ignoring you. That's what you'll get in St. Louis. You, they won't. Yeah. They're not abusive, they but they yeah. just—you won't They'll be just... allowed in their reindeer games. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That is the St. Louis fan. And the Cardinals are playing well. I mean, you have to give oh, them credit. Who picked them? first place? Hey, who you know? picked them? Who picked them? I you picked did. them. But the Cubs are right behind them at, 12, at, at uh, you know, two and a half games out. I, I still think the Cardinals, their, la- their lack of starting pitching is going to be a problem. And I don't know if they think that they can stretch Jose Reyes out and that maybe he might be able to join the rotation maybe in July. They've you know got I mean? hey, they've got some good pitchers, man. I'm telling you right now that that's not a fluke that they're at where they're at. And if Jack Flaherty pitches like he's supposed but, to be, but he has it. But I know, it. I know. But if he does, I just think the Cardinals. I don't know why. I just think that they're the, the the elite team in the Central Division. I don't even think it's close. I think Milwaukee and Chicago are like a level below them. I, I look though at those teams, and every one of them has a flaw. You know, the the Cardinals. It's their starting pitching and. Kind of inconsistent defense, although they are playing a little bit better. The the Brewers also, it's the same thing, starting pitching and then relief outside of Hayter, you know, and uh, and the Cubs have a kind of weak spot in their own bullpen. 
And so, and defensively, I have to say, because before the game, I looked up all of the team stats, and the Cubs lead, are one of the teams that's second or third for errors in the majors. And and St. Louis has made an enormous improvement on their end, where they used to almost lead the majors in errors, and this year they're in the top ten as far as the best in that category. I still think, though, I mean, even though the Cubs may have made more errors, the Cubs are so much better on defense. You yes, watch, yes. Watch the way the Cubs handle the ball. Guys right. like Bodie and Rizzo and, and by everybody handles the ball so well. You know? Well, the, the argument that you can actually make is, is that the Cubs, because they're so terrific on defense, are going to make errors that other teams can only uh, yeah. can never even yeah. attempt because they don't have the athletic ability to make the play that they're attempting to make. And I think that right. the, that's you see that with Baez all the time. It's like, come on, Baez, you want you want that ball back. You didn't want to make that let that final throw that you just made, but everything else that you did is so beautiful that you can almost look the other way. But you know, when you talk about Baez, even when he's making these these incredible throws, these twisting throws right, from right. left field, where he's just they're desperate. He's like he's a still, ballet star out there. He is, and he's almost always right on target. Correct. He really is. Correct. But he gets you know? a little overzealous. That's my, that he suffers from overzealousness. And I think well, hopefully I mean, age uh, and playing time will fix that because he really does. It happens all the time with him. And it's just like, dude, you're not thinking this through. You're, you're, you're too athletic. But you can't, but you can't change it. You can't try to coach that. I out know you can't. Because that's can't. what makes him I, so special. Agreed. Agreed. You know, I, I just, I mean, and, and the fact that they intentionally, oh, well, I, we talked about that. I'm not going to go back into that can of worms, but, uh, but, just enjoying baseball right now. Yeah, me too. It really is a lot of fun. It's a great you know? beginning to the season that has it all throughout the majors. You're seeing the only thing we haven't seen yet is the no hitter, but that's coming. We haven't seen a no hitter. Didn't we, we see one? I, I thought we saw. All right, but we're not going to see. You know, they, there was an article in Fangraphs that says we're just not going to see complete game no hitters anymore. You know, it's just a thing of the past. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. That that's insane. That that's that's like. There's some kind of virus in the game of baseball when that kind of stuff happens. Come on. Yeah, but when guys pitch 110, 115, 120 pitches, how do you let him? How do you continue to let him pitch? Ask a fan that's ever been to a complete game or a no hitter, how they'll never forget it as long as they live. I, I never forget them. I mean, they're then they're so rare. You've now been to one. So You've, I've been I've been to a no hitter. I've been to complete games. It's right. It's just it's tremendous. Guys like Greg Maddox and you know. Yeah. I mean. Anyone? What so, else do we got on the right. roster? I think that's it. Let me just give a, give the rundown a quick check. I think we've exhausted <laughs> most of the things we wanted to talk about. We were very uh, brisk and energetic this morning. You know, I have to say, Tom, all right, I'm aroused. Man. You know, uh, my wife's out of town. It's too bad. I'm kind of aroused. So, all right. So, I'll see you next week. All right. I hope you do well, and uh, you know, really enjoyed it. All right. Have a good week, man. All right. Bye bye.